Welcome to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey. So, um, welcome to Gray Awakenings podcast. Uh, my name is Hannah Gray. My pronouns are they, them. And uh, my fun fact of the day, I potentially start a new job tomorrow. I think I got the job, but I'm not like 100% sure. <laughs> Just explain that for people that didn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, I like went in for an interview last week and it was like good, but like kind of awkward. And it wasn't like explicitly like, you got the job. Yay. They were like, can you come in next week and like work a shift and like we'll train you and you'll sign some papers. So like I'm pretty sure I got the job, but like it's not 100% like you got it. So I'm just kind of confused. <laughs> there was no like, I'm extending the offer of employment to yes, you. <laughs> 100 yeah. yeah. So tomorrow, hopefully I'll know. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm Amanda Drew. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is that uh, my son went to his first day at pre-K. Oh. Oh. That noise. I'm sure that I'm got a roll noise. I know. <laughs> I'm sure that, that didn't translate well uh, <laughs> to, to everyone else. But <laughs> that was not it a moan. Awesome. <laughs> <It was laughs> I promise. Yeah, I realized when I we listened to the masturbation episode, and I was like, I was groan, I was like cringe groaning at like something someone was saying, and when it came through on my headphones, it just sounded like a vibrator buzzing. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, nobody understands. Um, so I'm Adrian Gray. My pronouns are he, him, and my fun fact for the day is I've been listening to a lot of erotica. Ooh, get it? <laughs> yeah, it's actually been a lot of fun. Um. So today I really wanted to talk about shame because it's something that I've been dealing with a lot. Um, Have we all? <laughs> I and feel like it's relatable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to start off with a Brene Brown quote. Um, shame, Goddess. blame, disrespect, betrayal, and the withholding of affection damage the roots from which love grows. Love can only survive these injuries if they are acknowledged, healed, and rare. Both of us, like Hannah and I, were like, mm. <laughs> like that's all. That's the end. Like, <laughs> that's such a good quote, and yeah. it's so important. It's so, <laughs> so, so important. And Bernie Brown, if you're not familiar with her, you should look up her work um, right now. Um, right meow. Because <laughs> um, even Caster thinks so. You heard him meowing in the background. Um, so maybe again. Um, but she's an author and. is sure yeah um so uh, shame is something that we all feel but it's one of those things that is it can be a little hard to define mm -hmm. when it 
first comes in and is an emotion. And it's so personal. It yeah, yes, yeah. it is. Something that gives me shame uh, might not give Hannah shame. Yeah. Um, so pulled up the Google definition because you know Always how great. we do. Um, and it is shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. I honestly wasn't expecting foolish to get into there, but then I realized that like that makes it a, lot make a lot of, of sense. sense. <laughs> Um, so shame is something that we feel a lot, um, especially when people have like differing views or differing, uh, life choices. So this comes up in like, um, okay. So like religion, daily activities, sex. Yeah. Identity. Um, Identity. Um, food. Politics. Politics. Like shame can be in any (laughs) any freaking part of our lives, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So when we feel shame, what other emotions do you think that we feel as well? Because like we we've talked about like feelings and emotions before. They're never like the only emotion that you feel. Yeah. So like I know that when I feel shame, I'm immediately feeling like guilt. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah embarrassment I guess like high like secrecy like you want to hide yourself you I don't know running away yeah definitely like um like private mm. vulnerable like, I want hell oh, too yeah absolutely yeah. uncomfortable yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of feelings that are around shame yeah um disappointing yeah. In some cases. Yeah, definitely in some cases. For sure. Especially when the shame is rooted in the fact that you disappointed someone. Mm-hmm. Like, you yep. can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of us are uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do we, what do we feel, do we want to talk about, like, why shame is bad before we get into like our own personal stories yeah because okay cool um so i wouldn't say shame is like a positive feeling or a positive oh thing yeah at all. no no no, no. <laughs> it's really good and i like feeling it some people do some people do as like a real honest thing and if that is like if that is like a kink of yours yeah no shame to you boo boo mm-hmm. do you but like we're not talking about when you like it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're talking about like when it makes you feel not good. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that we have a quote that we're going to read off. So Brene Brown is bae. Um, so the best way that Brene Brown has said it is we live in a world where most people still subscribe to the belief that shame is a good tool for keeping people in line. Not only is this wrong, but it's dangerous. I mean, like it makes sense for like institutions to use shame to keep people in line and like the status quo. And if you don't follow the status quo, like then you should feel shame. And like it, it does work 
in a lot of ways because it's the easiest way to emotionally manipulate people into doing what you want and it makes people robots it makes people very unified and like very this much the same and they believe the same things and they don't alter their views because they feel like they can't you know and it's a way to commodify people in a way that's easy to control them just like you said so shame has always been used by oppressing oppressors institutions um people in power stuff like that and it's unfortunate we see it all over the place i mean i'm just gonna say it look at our president like (laughs) he shames everyone (laughs) like um so it's it's such a constant in the society and in the world and it's really sad like that's so true but it's i also feel like it's so ingrained into society that people don't even realize when they're doing it oh no yeah it's normalized 100 percent. and like the fact that Brene brown just said like it is dangerous to do this and it is it it perpetuates so much so much negativity like self-loathing and um just shame for around your identity um fear of people who are different than you like there's so many negative things that come out of using shame to control people it's also so much about like shaming people for not meeting expectations that that either the institution or the person has set so like when you read that quote, I immediately thought of like, like normal working conditions, getting shamed for like needing to leave when you're done with your shift Mm -hmm. instead of staying late to help a company that purposefully understaffs or a sick day or a mental health day or taking vacation. Like there's so much shame around work not being like priority number one. Oh yeah. You know? And I actually worked for a company for like six years, like on and off, mostly because I was in college. So like within those six years, I called off of work one time, one time. And it was because I couldn't get out of my driveway because there was snow, like too much snow. And I felt so much shame around it because I put my everything into that job. But I felt horrible because it's it's like perpetuated by work environments that you shouldn't put yourself first like your job is first do you feel like they shamed you or like you grew up understanding that you never call out of work unless you absolutely need to yes like the second, the second one. one yeah 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 for sure because it's like built in it's ingrained in the blood of like companies you know like the yeah, we talked about it in our capitalism yeah. episode oh, yeah. a little bit where we were like you're expected to just hustle and bustle and mm-hmm. the companies can like understaff and then still expect you to drop it whenever they need someone yep. to come in for your understaffed work mm-hmm. experience like it's ridiculous but i know that i've been in like work situations where people have actually tried i'm i'm one of those people where now i'm like fuck it that that my shift ended you know what I mean I'm done Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I cannot make it in today (laughs) yeah um but I know that I've been in situations where it's been like we're really understaffed you're really gonna leave us hanging yeah fuck yeah I am learn to (laughs) to learn to staff correctly yeah like and I know that it's not the manager's fault. Yeah. It's never the manager's fault because the managers are only given so many hours. I have been mm-hmm. there yeah. where I've had to make schedules 
with limited number of hours you know what and I like mean employees and yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and making sure that everyone is happy and everyone has like whatever I can give them but like it comes down to like what the corporation like the big wigs are yeah. giving you and then you're shamed by lower management Definitely. who can't do anything about it and also the shame that comes around like making small mistakes. Like if you are working at a high speed, you are working um, long hours, long days, like you are going to make mistakes. We are humans. We are not machines, you know, and it really irks me when there's so much shame and guilt around making a mistake that is inevitable because we are human beings. Shit happens and it sucks feeling like you're going to get fired because you like screwed up one thing or like having that anxiety around it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was like you as a human can literally only focus on something at a hundred percent level for only 90 to 120 minutes. And if you don't like change what you're doing, then that percentages like go down so it's like how can you expect this person to focus on one thing for eight to ten hours a day like it they're gonna make a mistake by the end of the day of course yeah absolutely I'm actually I just something that just popped up in my head is kind of like the educational system and the shame that it perpetuates like how you have to perform in a certain way you have to like get certain grades you have to be in all these different classes but like if you're someone who has like a learning disability or is um not excelling in a class like you are continuously shamed with letter grades number grades um like all these different things and there's all these levels you have to hit and if you fail a grade you're a failure in life you feel crappy you're not going to be with your friends anymore like there's these levels of shame that and like punishment that comes with that um I feel like and it's sad I don't know yeah I mean they actually did a study that if they took away like the letter grades or the number grades that it actually helped kids improve on their um, like improve on what they're learning. Um, But it was also like looking at how the teachers interact with the students and what they say, or even parents or um, peers, because it's like you go into a math class and say at that time, you're not very good at math. People are just like, what's going to be saying in your brain based on society is, oh, well, I'm just not good at math. And so then you're not even going to try anymore. And the whole point of being in school is to learn. And like, this is something that I'm kind of like feeling right now because I'm really studying more metaphysics and stuff like that. And um, astrology is like so fascinating to me. And like every time I try to like look at anything astrology wise I'm like my brain is like twisting it's like what is happening like this but makes like, no sense but you like know? that's the feeling of actually like creating new paths yeah and it's like people have to flip their um perspective on how they look at learning because if you look at learning in a way of I don't have it yet but I will get it then you're going to learn it faster or actually learn it rather than telling yourself 
oh, I'm not very good at it. And you give up. Well, yeah, of course. And it's like, I just started really looking into astrology. How the hell do I think I'm going to be an expert at something (laughs) that I just started looking at? You know, like we expect so much out of ourselves. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like all these little like symbols and I don't know what the hell they mean. Like I know what the moon is because it looks like a moon and that's about it. And it's like, I feel a lot of shame around it and I feel like I should know more, but like I don't need to know more. I'm learning. That's the whole point, you know? But a lot of that is also comparison. You know what I mean? So we feel shame because someone who did it two years ago started learning astrology I want to be them yeah you like have those feelings or you look at them and you're like well they know mm-hmm. so I should mm-hmm. and then there's like so much shame around the fact that you didn't start earlier or that you're not learning as quickly as yep. them I'm like you don't fucking know anything about like how they learned or yeah. when they started or you just don't know shit you know what I mean like exactly. I don't know shit about anyone yeah <laughs> but Ugh. uh there's a lot of like, so I mean, not with like astrology, but um, I mean, I'm sure there is. I feel like everywhere there's like a lot of like elitism. So like shame yeah. is totally perpetuated by elitism. And like, I'm going to call out a community that I am a part of that I'm kind of feeling a little frustration through is like the vegan community, especially the one in my area. But I feel like everywhere. There's a lot of elitism that is ingrained in the like vegan societies and um, communities. Um, And it's really frustrating because I feel like there's this like idea that you need to shame people who aren't vegan. And I I don't think that that is appropriate. And I'm so glad you don't think it's appropriate. I don't (laughs) I don't anymore. I was a shamer before and it was because I thought I had to be and it. I had to come I haven't even talked to you about this Adrian um but like I've had to come to this conclusion that like my opinion of what other people eat does not matter because I'm not that person this works for me this is um based on my morals and other people have different morals than me and that's totally fine and like yes I do see a lot of positivity coming out for if more people were vegan I see that but I'm not gonna shove it down people's throats I'm gonna respect that people like don't have those um, opinions but also respect the idea that not everyone has access to being vegan and like or even wants to be vegan and that's fine and I can't shame people for not being that just because I am that you know um so it's just like that's something I'm personally working through right now and I'm really irritated with myself because I I have been a shamer within the vegan community and I've realized how elitist that was so like it's something I'm like working through right now that it's like so awkward I'm like god that's really good though you yeah. know what I mean the fact that you're even able to like turn around and take a second and be like oh, that was me like that's <laughs> <laughs> and then I like that's see great, other people you know? doing it and I'm like oof and I'm like fuck <laughs> and I know you so I know that in your head you're like I gotta say something I, know. I gotta talk to them I'm gonna uh-huh. tell them <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's so it's hard because like I do believe in it but like at the same time and it's so weird because this like reminds me of other parts of my life right now and it's like really fucking me up <laughs> but it's fine um but it's just like 
yeah like there's so there's so much shame that is perpetuated by elitism and like this idea that like if you don't have money you should feel shame you're lazy you need to get a job like there there's just so much shaming that happens to put other people down and it's like a tool it's totally a tool yeah it definitely 100% it's a tool and like we talked about with institutions but also yeah. with people oh yeah like um like maybe maybe the way that our parents like raise us uh uh shame around um the the type of friends that you have or how you're spending your time mm-hmm. like in all these things shame is used to guide us in a direction that our teachers parents elders whatever um think that we should be going in yeah without acknowledging the fact that like maybe we need time with friends or maybe mm-hmm. we need um to learn a different way yeah and like yeah. They, all of these things are acceptable so it, shame really does become like damaging oh yeah at the end of the day and like as someone who is an older sibling I'm like the oldest sibling in my household I was definitely like kind of this I had this more parental role I felt like um even though both my parents are still present and like have always been present in our growing up and everything but like I felt like as an older sibling I had so much responsibility put on me um and that was expected from me and it was like super weird because like I was kind of that person who like paved the way for them quote unquote that's what I like was told and like I screwed up so much I went through so much hell I went through a lot of trauma and like I did not want that for my siblings so like I felt like when they were just experiencing life and they were being quote unquote naughty and they were like drinking and like having sex and all that stuff like I felt like I was shaming them internally um because I probably was like very very much like projecting my own inner shame for like what I have done or what I've been through you know so it's just like such a weird dynamic I don't know well it's like everything that we learn Mm -hmm. we need to unlearn if we don't like it and so I mean like like you're unlearning the the shame around like veganism yeah and that's fine yeah you know what I mean like we all have things that we have unlearned yeah um around shame at least definitely for sure but yeah so what other areas do we see shame yuck shucks your term yuck the sex all of us are worm necking Yeah, sex is huge. Oh, yeah. There's so much shame around sex. Oh, my God. Whether that's like, you're having it, shame. You're not having it, it, shame. (laughs) You're having kinky sex, shame. Shame. You're not having having vanilla sex, shame. Shame. Yes. Everything. (laughs) You're having straight sex, shame. You're doing missionary, shame. You're doing doggy style, shame. Like, literally (laughs) everything. You're not married, shame. Oh, my God. Triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. Around, like, all the sex and stuff, like, that's where a lot of my shame has been coming from lately, which is why I wanted to talk about this. And, like, as you can tell, like, listening to our masturbation episode, like, you can, you can, like, that's a very pure example of, like, 
where I got uncomfortable and where I was feeling that shame and stuff because like in my my kink and stuff like it's very taboo and it's like people put a lot of shame around it because it's completely misunderstood people think that it's one thing and it's like the dynamic is completely different in that kink um so it's just super uncomfortable and shameful so do you think that you feel the shame about yourself or do you think that you feel the shame from society um I feel the pressure from society, but I do let it influence me too much. Okay. Brief, but thanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like you felt pressure from society because you heard something? Like, did you hear someone one time say something that was really negative? Or did you hear multiple things? Did you watch it, like, on TV and they were shaming it? Like, where where did you get that from society? Um, I'm sure it was like just through, um, word of mouth, like someone could have like said a joke or something and like, you know, it just kind of like hits that little ting in your body and you're just like, "Mm, I'm shameful now. Do you Um, think you have like internalized shame though around it from yourself? Like you feel like you're like somehow wrong for like having this kink like in a way yeah in a way yeah um internalized kink phobia will like yeah make up um but i think also it it could have been like something that someone said to me um based on an experience that i had in the past but um that doesn't relate at all you know to what this kink actually is and what it means and the definition of what it is because it doesn't relate to what people think it is at all there's a lot of like misunderstanding misinformation yeah yeah which i will admit i don't know much about it so like when you have approached me with it i'm like completely shut down right away because i'm like i don't know enough you know and like i feel bad creating that environment but like send me the podcast links like do all these things because like I need information around it so I can learn because I did grow up in the church which we can talk about but you got it I also feel like it's super normal to feel shame with any sort of kink Mm -hmm. like whether it's something as like like choking and BDSM and like um bondage has become so mainstream Mm -hmm. now that it's like it's not kinky anymore to slap someone's ass and ask if they like it. Like it's not kinky to choke anyone anymore. Those are normal things you do when you're set. You're like having sex. Like <laughs> so, like so, like For a past lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like past that, there's so much shame around like, um, like the things that yes, yes. Oh my god, Shibari. Sorry, I don't okay, even know so, what that is. Oh, so. Yes, rope it's play. rope play, oh, but yeah. it's it's specific Japanese rope play. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's artistic I've and seen, wonderful. Now, yeah. But you see someone in shibari rope, and you're like, oh my god, deviance! Like it's a horrible ah. thing. Yeah. But so around so many types of kinks, mm-hmm. whether that's like um, something as like abstract as like sounding, mm. um, 
which I learned from a partner. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know about it. Um, so sounding is when you actually stretch your urethra. It's usually done to a penis, but it's the stretching of a urethra. Um, and it's like the, the pressure gives the the like sexual gratification of that. It's really That's fascinating. Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like so much shame around that. Yeah, what about even <laughs> like... Like what about um oh god I can't even remember like fur like furry yeah like furries or yeah. um if you have a fursona like very shameful that's it's a fursona. not a fursona is a person that you are when you're your furry it's oh. like who you who you play as that makes sense we need to just have a whole kink episode because I would I love need it. to learn I a lot love obviously. one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I yes. listen to Play Party. <laughs> Play Party is a really good podcast. You should all listen to. In they're in Oregon. Yeah. I think they're in Se- Seattle. Oh yeah, Seattle. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, Which there's, it's like poly central there. Yeah, it is. We're all moving to Seattle. Yep. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so. Like, whether your kink is something that no one has heard of, like, sounding, or it's something like, hey, I like to be choked out, then, like, something that someone has heard of before, um, there's still shame around it. Oh, and yeah. it's just because sex is inherently shameful in our culture, and, yeah, let's all cross our eyes. Thank, the, <laughs> thank religion for that. Right. I mean, right. Let's be um, honest. But, yeah, I think it's a lot. There's a lot. When you were, like, saying that, like, it's all shameful, all I could think of was that one scene from um, Waterboy with the mom, and she's like, women are the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, like, when, uh, oh my god, Vicky Vancourt. <laughs> I have not seen I have, but it's been like fifteen plus years. I don't know if I want to put myself through that again. <laughs> I'm like, we'll see, we'll see. Um so shame comes up in religion and guilt. Um so big. <laughs> I like that you sung it because I immediately was like, Yes, bring out the choir. <laughs> Yes. So, it's so much. As a person who grew up in religion all the way till I was 19 years old, um I relate so like there's actually I don't remember the name anymore, but when I found this, I think I was like maybe 20, 21. Um I found out that you can actually have trauma from religion and I had no clue and I was like I feel so seen and heard like I, when I found it. I don't remember the name of it though. But um oh god. I feel like I don't even need a source for this cuz I'm like, yes. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. 100%. I got it. <laughs> and I was like, I relate to this so hard. Wasn't that like right around when you uh started a uh, pussy church? No. I feel I thought no, that was this around was the same years time. ago. And for people oh, who don't know what Pussy Church okay. is, is um, Rachel Hadler. Super cool. Shout out. Let me find their Instagram name. Um, just a really cool program I did. On, sorry. Someone else. Oh, okay. Erotic dot earth dot embodiment. 
um, on Instagram. So definitely follow the or follow her. Um, super cool, super cool program. But no, I learned about this years and years ago. Okay. Um, but that also helped me through this. So um, as someone who grew up uh, originally as Catholic and then um, we changed over to free Methodist Christianity, um, I think the part that really screwed me up the most was growing up Catholic <laughs> and uh, the guilt and shame are so real. Everything is just so, so severe in it. Catholicism is like built on shame oh yeah like oh 100 very much oh yeah built on it yep and um just like the fact that um everything that you do um basically if it's not godly um it is just shamed you know like you're I don't know. I'm trying to come up with an example, like premarital sex. Like if you have premarital sex, you are shamed um, by the Catholic Church. If you are gay or queer, for most most cases, you're being shamed by the Catholic Church. If you have an abortion, you are shamed by the Catholic Church. If oh you don't God. give money to the church, oh, like it doesn't <laughs> even have to be about like something Tithing. that you do that is Oof. like like against the rules yes. it's just like yeah if you don't drop that dollar in that bin when it comes around oh my god yes and it's so public too like mm-hmm. they do it when everybody is watching you like yep. you're all sitting next to each other they're handing it down the aisle and it's like if you don't put it in there like the family next to you can just like stare at you and judge you yeah, yeah. and you know it's kind of screwed up like um So, like, tithes are what they call them. And, like, um, from my – this is from my experience. So, if you are religious listening, like, this is my experience. I'm not saying this is all religion. This is all Catholic people. This is all – like, I'm not generalizing. This is my specific experience. But from my view, it was really screwed up because, like, I come from a very, like, um, lower middle class household. And like we like my parents had four children, like four of us and then them. And like we were we were definitely not don't we did not have a lot of money, like basically um, what I'm trying to say. And like the fact that at the churches that we attended, the church we went to, like they would have my parents go to classes or my parents like chose to go to classes on like how to put money aside to tithe and like they would literally like instead of paying a bill they would tithe to the to the church my first thought was do you think that they were shamed into doing that I mean you know what I mean because it was probably a status thing like you wanted to be respected in it you know yeah it's a yeah but using respect as a form of like shaming oh yeah also 100 so yeah it's just like frustrating to just like look back at it and how it does really like it I don't know oh I have so many feelings but um I personally like my experience through church and growing up in church is like I had a lot of internalized homophobia had a lot of internalized transphobia um and like a lot of internalized everything, you know, and like I couldn't even come out to myself as being queer 
for so long because I myself thought I was disgusting. Other people, I was like, you do you, boo-boo. Like, I'm so excited for you. I'm happy for you. But for me, it wasn't okay. And I finally just accepted that. But um, when I was like 19. Um, But a big thing for me was like sex, sex shame through the church. Um, And where this came in for me was through my trauma experience. So like instead of dealing with the emotions of feeling like shame and sadness and hurt from my sexual experience or my trauma experiences um, at the age of 14, like I instead thought about how God is going to send me to hell because I had premarital sex, how I'm disgusting because I had premarital sex, how I should feel so guilty and so shamed because I had premarital sex and like, but it wasn't even sex. It was rape. Like it wasn't sex, but I I just like, you weren't having premarital sex. You were having premarital rape happen. Oh yeah. Like there was, it's gross. But it's also like um, losing your virginity, like before marriage. That was my being deflowered. You know, like you're supposed to save that for your husband. You know, like that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like you even saying that, like really, just my stomach hurts even more than it did before, Um, because like my experience of quote unquote losing my virginity was rape, and it. I felt like I was robbed from that but like at the same time like fuck virginity you know like that's a whole other story but like I feel like we do a whole pod on like oh my god virginity is a construct we really should (laughs) so like I remember though because like he refused to use condoms too like and this was like a relationship like we were in a relationship where it was constant sexual abuse and um at the age of 14 we both were 14 and my biggest thing was like I was so scared of being pregnant and so I would actually I don't know if I've ever met this out loud to maybe to a few people my counselor and stuff but like and maybe to you Adrian but I would punch my stomach and my my pelvic area so I wouldn't be pregnant at the age of 14 because I was scared because I was being perpetually raped by my boyfriend and I could not talk to my mom. I couldn't talk to my family. I couldn't talk to anyone because I felt so shamed and so guilted from that. It makes me want to like get up and hug you. Like I'm going <laughs> to like start tearing up Aww. and like that's so, but that's so horrible. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's not, these were things that were avoidable. Oh yeah. Like you didn't not, I'm, I don't mean that in a like, I could have avoided it. You could have avoided it. But like we as a society could avoid that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I mean, it's like through the education (laughs) of consent, Uh, through the education of contraception, through the education of like how to be a decent human fucking being. Well, like, like even just like educating children around sex in general because like the boyfriend at the time he had a porn addiction at 14 and he wanted me as his sex toy basically that's what it was and it was like how am I supposed to know this is like my first quote-unquote serious boyfriend I grew up in the church my talks about sex were like you do it when you're married so like I didn't know what to do I felt so much shame around it happening so early in my life because I one it wasn't my choice like 
too, I don't know. I just like felt so out of control because I had these things hovering over me. Like I literally had the fear of God in me. I had all these fear fears in me and like it held me. It kept me in that situation because I felt like I had no out, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And the, but that's also the thing is that like you, <laughs> you do were like, uh, yeah, we could have stopped this with consent um education and i'm sitting here like dismantling the fucking church like, <laughs> like we could do it by not doing that <laughs> but like but that's the thing is that in especially in especially in like traditional catholic yes. churches sex is sex it doesn't matter if there's rape involved mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how old the person is yeah. it doesn't matter like what is happening mm-hmm. if it's p and vg it's not cool yeah like or even i don't care i don't care where you're fucking anyone yeah. <laughs> it's not cool in the catholic church yeah so like there's there's no healthy way to have education in a church that doesn't understand rape yeah yeah. And honestly, like, I don't want to take up too much time, but um, there was a the the reason why I left the church. I was 19 years old. I was in college. I it was like fresh, like months after I like was raped again um, by a stranger at a party. And like I was dealing with like all these people who have like raped me and like questioning everything and like confused. And I was still in this church. I or like I was in a new church. I was in college. I actually was volunteering at a church and I was sitting through a sermon and it was the last time I've ever been to church. And I respected the the person giving the sermon. I respected everyone in the room and he used a Bible verse. I don't, I can't tell you what, because I, it's so gone, long gone by, um, yeah, but he used like a story in the Bible I and like maybe my Bible people out there, I will give you a very like cliff note version. But basically, like this guy really wanted to marry this guy's daughter. So he like put in like seven years of work so he could marry her. And then like the the dad was like, you can have my other daughter that you don't want for this work. And he lied with her. And then that, that those are the words. And then, um, or no, maybe he did like something smaller and like he gave, the dad gave the, the not amazing daughter to him and he lied with her or whatever. Then he worked for seven years for the guy and put in this hard work and determination and all this stuff. And he got the woman he wanted and lied with her too. And then like the story of the sermon was basically like, um, and I won't drop names cause this is a really big like church, um, But uh, basically, it was like, if you put your determination and hard work in, you're going to get what you want out of it. And everyone in the room was like laughing at the idea that like, oh, you got the ugly sister. You got to like have, I don't know, but you had to wait for like the girl you wanted. The prized possession. And I literally, and everyone laughing in the room, I, I felt like they were laughing at me because what I heard was, there was no consent in this. They were giving women as property and they had no control over themselves. So me as a survivor at the time, I did not identify as a survivor. I was very much victim. And 
I was so I felt so targeted. I felt like everyone was laughing at me and I felt like ridiculed, ridiculed, shameful, all these things. I never set foot in a church again. I mean, I'm sure I have, but it's not been in that way, you know? Yeah. Not like done, you not know, like volunteered to sit down no. for a whole sermon. Like yeah. maybe I passed through it to use a bathroom yeah. or maybe a like gone with my family, like <laughs> at a holiday one, you know, yeah. but like, mm-mm. Like that was, that was my last straw. Like I felt, I felt like I couldn't, I felt like I wasn't seen. I feel like I wasn't heard. I wasn't valued. And they were making fun of someone who was just being used as a sex toy. So. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) I mean that. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Someone else. (laughs) Um. Well, I guess I'm the only one who hasn't talked about, like, my shame. Get it. And honestly, I don't know. I don't. I haven't had, like, a whole lot of, like, I, um, I feel like I'm at a point now where the only shame that I feel is around food. And that's, like, as being a big, bigger person, as being, like, like, I was always the fat kid. I was the fat sister, like that that's where a lot of my shame is like I don't I don't feel shame around sex because I'm like fuck it <laughs> like, <laughs> if someone doesn't like my kinks I'm at I'm at the point where I'm like then you're not the one for me okay bye <laughs> like I'm cool with that um I was never involved in like any real church setting my mom was Catholic um when we were growing up and I mean I learned uh, about the church um I was actually um it's a sidebar but like in high school we had to do a uh like a one of those like skits where you team up in your your high school social studies class and um you do a skit it was about keeping <laughs> it was about keeping uh religion out of a school system we were in an AP course. I should probably mention that. So college level courses. Um, and we were doing a little skit about keeping religion out of, yeah, separation of church and state. Yeah. And, um, and so I got with my group and I was like, guys, great idea. How about we say, we start saying the Lord's prayer. And I got looks like, what the fuck is she talking about I got these looks like no one had heard what the lord's prayer was there were four other kids in my freaking group no one had heard what it was and so Damn. i was like uh hello are you talking about our god who are our, yeah our, our father who are in heaven oh yeah be father yeah like i have it memorized somewhere in here yeah my subconscious <laughs> I, I have it memorized because when i went to church as a kid my mom was like it's respectful to know what they're saying if, if we were going to any other if we were going to temple if we were going to a synagogue you would fucking learn these things because it's respectful you're in a house of like prayer this is the this is respect I mean, and it I'm was like, written on the walls of my church and you can just read it <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, like let me look over at this pillar. Pretty sure it was too. (laughs) It's in the same class. How beautiful! (laughs) But uh, but so I remember feeling so much shame there because I was like, no one else knows what this is, and I'm sitting here like the the like quiet, not so popular like 
now I'm a religious freak <laughs> when I just learned it when I was six and yeah. just kept it in the back of my head. I remember being, I used to be so offended when people called me a Bible thumper. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I can't I mean, relate anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of my, um, a lot of my shame now comes from like food. And even, even then it's not like, I, I just don't care. Like, yeah. if I'm putting something into my body, it's because I'm fucking hungry. Mm-hmm. Stop. But still, like, food shame is a big thing for me. Oh, yeah. Whether that's, like, someone looking at me, like, are you you really going to have a second slice of pizza? Like, yeah, bitch. Um, <laughs> who only eats one <laughs> slice of pizza? Like, am I right? No, no, no. But that's the thing is that, like, when you're a bigger person. That's not okay. No. Yeah. But if you're small, you can eat a medium pizza to yourself. I eat a whole that's goddamn fine. pizza. <laughs> yeah. I love pizza. Same. Let's go love get pizza. pizza. <laughs> Actually, we had it for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <no>. Bitches. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, so whether it's someone, like, looking at me or me thinking that someone's going to say something. Um, and, like, that fear of being called yeah, out. Almost. Yeah, absolutely. For something that I don't think is wrong, but that looks bad mm-hmm. to, like, society or whoever is... Like, who I'm hanging out with. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's like, I don't... I think that, um, honestly, I think that after having my son and being like, all right, there are like eight people in this room staring at my ripping vagina. Like, <laughs> I just don't feel shame anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I shit in front of people, guys. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it does. It happens. What are you going to do? <laughs> Just all releases. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> three days of labor is like, I'll shit in front of you and it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> three days? Yeah. Mm. It was three days of like, um, um, what's the drug? Pitocin? Mm. So like three days of like contractions and okay. then seven hours, five or seven hours of like active labor where oh I was God. like- pushing yeah it was bad it was it was a lot yeah like <laughs> but Woo. so i feel like after that i was just kind of like nope i'm i'm eating whatever the fuck i want yep. i'm having sex however the fuck i want like <laughs> i don't give a shit anymore <laughs> Good like for you. like if if doctors didn't judge me for shitting into their hand it's gonna <laughs> be all right like <laughs> that's their job though <laughs> right exactly yeah. but i feel like it's everyone's job to just shut the fuck up and let people live their lives so like let me just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go around and shit in people's hands now. <laughs> like, can you Deal please, with it. <laughs> can you please hold out your hands? <laughs> I have a gift for you. <laughs> it's like a new way to put a ring on it. You just shit in people's hands. <laughs> We're starting a new trend. Who wants to join? <laughs> Who wants to volunteer as tribute? <laughs> I decline this volunteer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like it's like so easy to give examples of shame. <laughs> you guys are still laughing, but that's fine. Um, but I think it's also important to like talk about how to deal with shame. Um, something that I've learned uh, recently, I said I feel like in like the last year or so, 
is when it comes to emotions, um, a lot of the times the bad emotions that come up, like anger, um, the quote unquote bad, I should say. What the hell, Adrian? Adrian's just picturing shitting in people's hands. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm literally just picturing it. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Like, I want I want a text message tonight when you were like, oh, thought about shitting in someone's <laughs> hand. Okay, I, I need to know. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Um, so usually, like, um, quote, unquote, Bad. Turn your mic off. No, I'm just going <laughs> to like shut up. <laughs> ah! um, so like usually like quote unquote bad feelings like shame, guilt, anger, sadness, um, all these like different emotions that are um, quote unquote bad. Um, a lot of the time we just push them away and we don't let ourselves feel that. Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is ruining it, isn't it? <laughs> and then I started thinking about that one episode from SpongeBob. Oh God! Where they're sitting? No, 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 no. Where they're sitting next to each other. Um, Patrick goes to boating school with them, and Patrick looks at SpongeBob and he goes, "SpongeBob, I got really something really funny. <laughs> two plus two. And then they both just start <laughs> dying laughing. Oh my god! <laughs> so it That's was that. That was us. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> I can't with both of you right now. <laughs> I can't even look at Adrian without being like. <laughs> 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 I'm oh so god. sorry. <laughs> well, at least laughter is like medicine. I feel laughter like. is good medicine. It yeah. is. It is. Okay, so back to what I was saying. Um, <laughs> so we bad often <laughs> ignore those feelings or um, push them away, push them down. Don't let them come through. Um, but really what I've been learning is how to deal with these negative um, emotions is that you you welcome it into your space. Like say, like, hey, like, I mean, this is how I do it. I know it sounds a little woo-woo-y, um, but whatever. But like the other day I was feeling, how was I feeling? I forget. Um, oh, I was very confused. I had like, everything was so confusing in my life. Like there's so many opportunities coming up and I like, I'm very bad decision maker because I overthink everything. Um, I'm not very confident around decision making because I don't want to make the wrong decision. So Same. confusion was so big for me. So I actually like, um, my healer was like, why don't you just welcome it into your space? And I was like, oh shit. So that night before bed in my head, I said, all right, confusion. I see you. I accept you like thank you for being here because you're helping me like think about things and not make rash decisions um but I'm ready to see and like listen to like why you're here and like what you're trying to tell me and like I kind of just like talked to it and met met it like face value and literally like I had a dream that night that was like super like um helpful for me and then I woke up in the morning and I just like felt so much like security around what I wanted and like where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do so like instead of continuously being frustrated with that confusion I just was like okay shit like you're fucking waving in my face let's let me just accept that you're here and like let's get through this together um and that that's very helpful for me and that's happened with anger for me too I never actually expressed anger up until this past year ever like I did like maybe once in like the 25 five years 
Like, literally, I never, ever expressed anger because I was never really allowed to. I didn't feel safe to. Um, And then, like, I was I was so scared of it like over the past year when it kept coming up I was like I don't know how to fucking deal with this like I just shove that down I don't let myself feel it um but I've been able to like welcome it in and being and like learn how to and this was actually I learned it from Rachel um who I talked about earlier um she like told us that like anger is just showing us like what we want to protect and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard thought of it that way, you know? Yeah, and it's beautiful. like, yeah, and it's like it all these emotions that are coming up for you, they're there for a reason. They're trying to tell you something. So listen to them, sit with them. Don't try to push them away. Don't try to work through it right away either. Just sit in it and feel your damn emotions. Like feel your emotions. You deserve that. Like Yeah, which is really like kind of like a form of vulnerability. Like that's probably the best way to work through shame is by being vulnerable, which takes courage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Any other like do you all have um, any other advice of like how to deal with shame and guilt and all that? Shit in someone's hand. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, like just seriously shit in their hand really everyone go out get a partner okay (laughs) um no but like just i think that like shame shame is something that we're gonna hit every single day um like something that i didn't touch on earlier was like mom shame and mom guilt Mm. um which is which is something that i feel but um i'm working through it and we can do a whole freaking podcast on freaking mom guilt Mm. but um but kind of taking a step back and realizing that as long as you are doing your best and adhering to what makes you happy, that everything else can get pushed off to the side. And opinions don't pay your fucking bills. Let me repeat no, that they real also, quick. They also don't like give you orgasms exactly. or like <laughs> teach you morals. Don't pay your bills. Who cares? It sucks. It hurts. It really hurts. And it's hard. But who cares? Let it go. You know, you can't control how other people view you. Yeah. And Um, obviously you care when it happens. But like, like feel, feel those feelings and then understand that you're doing what's best for you. Yes. Or you're being authentic or you're acknowledging your needs Mm -hmm. um, and that there's no shame in any of that. None. There's really, there's none. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Just be a good human. Try to be your best self and be confident around that and work it and do you because at the end of the day, you're always going to be you. You can't change it. And um, it's better to accept yourself and be open and vulnerable and share your story. Um, and I really like want to wrap up this episode by quoting Brene Brown one last time. We love it. (laughs) Why not? So she says, if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. So I feel like that's Mm. such a good... I know. That makes me actually... That, that like, right in the feels. I I got that right in the feels. All in the feels. Yeah. Is there poop in the feels? I'm just kidding. Not not right now. (laughs) It'll be there later, I'm sure. (laughs) You gotta eat. (laughs) Eat that pizza. Right, Bobo. The whole pizza. 
But yeah, so I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. I feel like we'll have like part two, part three, part 18, you know, like this conversation is so ever going and um, it's so much a part of like everyday life that I feel like we're going to have to come back because we only touched on like three or four like real sections. So Mm -hmm. it's not very much. And like we briefly covered it, you know, like there was not much to it. So um, hopefully you got something from this and we really would love if you shared um, some examples of how you feel shame with us. So you can email us at grayawakenings at gmail.com. You can also message us on Instagram, whether it's our personal Instagrams, which we'll share in a minute, or our Gray Awakenings Instagram. It's literally just Gray awakenings um but we really would appreciate your feedback and also if any of our our um, episodes like um make you feel a certain way or whether it's positive negative whatever it is please share that with us we love criticism um in a way of like constructive criticism please um but like feedback we, we we really love your feedback and we do get it um get some feedback but we want more you know like and even if you have um like editing like um things you want to share with us because we don't know what we're doing you know like we're trying (laughs) our best um we just really uh want to build this community um and we still have exciting things coming we promise they're gonna come we keep saying it on our last like four episodes but they'll be here soon by the time that this one rolls out we might have it yes exactly so So keep your eyes peeled um for some really exciting things um around gray awakenings podcast um also a reminder that we are on Patreon. So if you want to support us um, in a different way, we really would appreciate that. You can uh, support us for as low as $2 a month um, and we hook you up with some really cool stuff per level. Um, and yeah, we would really appreciate that. It's patreon.com um, slash gray awakenings. So you can find me on Instagram at inclusively Hannah and on Facebook at Hannah Gray. You can find me on Instagram at Not Too Taboo Amanda and on Facebook at Amanda Drew. And you can find me on Instagram at Transpirational Healer and on Facebook at Adrian Gray. All right. Well, we love you all so much. You do you, boo boo. Be you. No shame. No game. You got this. And please, please do not poop in anyone's hands. Still going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Not mine, motherfucker. Okay. We love you. Love you. Bye.